One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. I'm Philippa Hall, low maintenance, simple and no fuss, so Vince at least would approve. Alongside me, putting his soul into the podcast, we have our handsome fit guy, but without the dimples. I'm working on those, Philippa. Hi, it's Quentin Rayner. And just like Russ, there's you, our exquisite listeners, unblocked and flying again, but maybe needing a tad more red. Unfortunately, Rose is a bit under the weather this week, so we wish her well and hope she sorts out her clanking pipes soon. This week's Dum Dee Dum is from our Sue Yin, and on this week's episode, we hear from Catherine, Nikki, Witherspoon, Helen, Glynn, Sue, Richard and Jeff. Plus, we have another anonymous email. Brilliant. Thank you all so much. Quentin, I understand you're on the road again. I am indeed, Philippa. I have been on manoeuvres this week. I'm once again podcasting from North Cornwall, uh, not from a lay-by outside Padstow where I was last time and sweating <laughs> buckets inside a car, but um, in the in the so-called leisure home, indeed, uh, static caravan to you and me, Philippa. Uh, but um, now I've sorted out a fragment of Wi-Fi, which we're desperately clinging on to, aren't we? Um, you may hear the odd seagull. Uh, I've had a massive win on the premium bonds again this week absolutely rolling in it uh yeah yeah 25 quid wow bit of an odd thing when i arrived at the caravan yesterday evening i I found a random golf ball on the walkway around the caravan just 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 sitting there we had there's no golf golf course anywhere around here well not, (laughs) not nearby anyway no golfers as far as i can see so how on earth is a random golf ball sitting there I have only one suggestion. I, th- I think actually it's been dropped by a seagull. <laughs> I probably picked it up of a golf ball <laughs> and thought it was a piece of food. 
Do you think that's plausible? I think that's... At least it's not through your car window. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, from an angry Archer's listener. Yeah. Anyway, all theories gratefully received, please, because I'm baffled. Very good. Well, I've had a, a day where we, the school combined both sports day and speech day. It was sort of right, we're going to get all this done in one day because of all the COVID regulations. And a lot of, lot of the parents weren't able to go just because our mm. children's year are leaving. So we were allowed to be part of that. But um, oh, it's just, yeah, I could have burst into tears at times. It's very moving. I never thought I'd say that about a sports day, but I'm just very glad they don't do parents' races anymore. Mm. Did, you, did your bosom swell then with pride? No comment, thanks very much on that. Very personal <laughs> question. Outrageous. Well, you're into rust mode already, oh, well, aren't you? We've got a lot no, to we've discuss got a lot of this. this week. What, what did you think? What did you think of the week? Well, I've already made you blush, Philippa, so you better cover your ears because... Uh, yeah, as, as one of the new characters put it, I mean, it's been a rampant sexathon at Lower Loxley. I mean, what was meant to be a staycation ended up more like a laycation. First up, of course, we had Lily. She discovers that she's the life and soul of the party by waking up next to her colleague Solomon. After his entry, she makes an awkward exit, but later admits to Rex that she really fancies him. Who'd have thought, eh? Someone her own age who's funny, energetic and attractive. I mean, beggar's belief, isn't it? Anyway, back at Lower Loxley, Vince knackers his knackers by mounting an old knacker. More banging ensues as clanking pipes prompt Freddy to suggest Vince and Lizzie move toot sweet to the bridal suite. And Mince the Wince readily agrees despite his equine twinges. I didn't plan on sleeping anyway, he whispers <laughs> suggestively to Lizzie. Oh. Russ's decree absolute comes through thereby unblocking his urge to paint again, yuck, starting with a portrait of Lily, although we reckon the theme for his new show will be divorced from reality. Then, out of the blue, <laughs> Iris turns up. Iris, rattling door handles and discovering her son Vincy and Lizzie together, and mocking Meat Man by telling him he can't get away with a towel that small at his age. He's never sounded so scared. But as uh, Iris later admits, she's really there to scope out Lizzie, isn't she? And she highlights her son's selflessness for his family and, and urges the lady of Lower Loxley not to dump him. And unlike the rest of us, she actually manages to find something to admire about Russ, namely his portrait of Lily, but suggests a touch more red. Now, the drive-in movie, Lily bumps into dimply gorgeous soul, who proves he's a good soul by not presenting the fact that she's in a long-term relationship and gets free parking thrown in for his chivalry. In a nauseating deluge of slime, Russ unveils his portrait to Lily, <laughs> who exclaims, oh, it's exquisite. He then whips out his decree absolute, prompting Lily to suggest marriage, which Russ thankfully and condescendingly laughs off, but they mm. do confirm their apparent love for one another. And then it's Vince's turn to mention the L word, which Lizzie requites to his utter astonishment. And even you, Philippa, with your love of football, must be aware that England scored big last week. And so did the Pargeters, didn't they? I mean, who'd have thought love actually was being screened at Lower Loxley? I mean, you can't even make it up, can you? And what a great summary of, yeah, I felt nauseous, not from eating cherries, but from listening to the Archers this week. It was just quite unseen. It was just endless, wasn't it? Yes. Absolutely It really was. Insatiable. We have a lot to cover this week. We have a lot of calls, which is fabulous. So let's get to the important bit. We need to hear your views. Every week we need to hear your views. And if somebody wants to get in contact, how can they do that? If you'd like to comment on the Archers, because that's the 
bread and butter of this podcast, isn't it, Philippa? Mm. Uh, or, or indeed, leave us a plot prediction. Then leave us a message on a thing called SpeakPipe, which you can find on our website, dumptydum.com, by clicking on the contact tab at the top of the webpage. Or you can send a voice note or text message by WhatsApp to 07957 167696. You didn't have a pen and paper ready, did you? It's 07957 167696, which has a plus four four at the start if you are calling from outside the UK. Now, if you prefer to email, and uh, we're very happy to accept emails as well, then also head to dumptydum.com and click that contact us tab. Hello, Ambridge3962. And first off, we have kind-hearted Catherine. Hi, everyone on Dumpty Dum. My name's Catherine. I'm on Twitter at, at ICOD. It's been a brilliant week, hasn't it, with all my favourite men on the archers, all of them who I love, and then Adam. He wasn't around too much, so thank God for that. <laughs> Firstly, Vince Casey. How can we not love Vince? I loved it when he got his meat and two veg in some disarray getting on the horse. That was actually funny. Not like the Shula and Neil thing, which was the most unfunny thing ever laughed about. Endlessly, Shula, shut yeah, up. Yeah. Um, uh, Vince, <laughs> I just love him. I love his accent. I love his rather cool demeanour. He can have his way with my carcass any day. <laughs> However, the one thing I do find so about the Vince thing is the existence of his mum. It's really strange. Say he's 60. She must be, I don't know, 82. And the way she just walks around the house and everyone puts up with it, very strange. Russ, though, oh, my God, we love Russ, don't we? We love hating Russ. <laughs> we love his painting, his poncery about his coffee. But do you know what? He's just a bit pedo for me. He's just weird. When he had an affair with Lily, why didn't he get investigated or anything? He just got sacked. I can't believe that this would actually happen like this. And also, when he was getting divorced, we hoped that some great denouement was going to happen with his wife. But... Nothing. He just mm. got divorced and that was it. And seems to exist off bread and butter and not really bring anything to the party at uh, Lower Loxley. Anyway, it's been fantastic and I have really enjoyed this week and not just endless misery about alcoholism, which has its place, but blimey, it's gone on a bit too long. Well, that was fab. Thank you, Catherine. And I'm delighted that Catherine has called in for the first time. Uh, as she mentioned, she's known as at iCard on Twitter. And I have to say, hers is one of my favourite accounts that I follow with tweets which puncture pretension, make you laugh and give you an entertaining insight into life in the classroom from her long experience as a teacher. Uh, since Catherine's also an Archers fan, I've been nagging her for ages to call in and it was well worth the wait, mm. I, I, I feel. I agree with you, Catherine. It has been a brilliant week. Uh, it's been absolutely balmy and all over the place. Uh, but she's had her favourite men on, which uh, can't be a bad thing, I suppose, except Brian. Uh, I know she's a big Brian fan, uh, but um, no mention of Brian this week. Uh, and thankfully, no mention of Adam, as she as she pointed out. The meat and two veg scene was 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 very funny and um, well acted. I mean, you, you could just imagine it, <laughs> Freddie and Vince having, <laughs> well, one of them wincing and the other laughing. Um, but she's obviously a, a big fan of, of Vince coming up on the inside, perhaps to take her her, her affection for for Brian over over from from Brian. We shall see. She she likes. She said she likes his cool demeanour. And um, he can have my carcass any any day, she said. <laughs> oh, lucky old Vince. Um, 
Mind you, I do happen to know that Catherine has lived, lived for a number of years in Birmingham, so she's a sucker for the Brummie accent. And in, I think in one of her recent tweets, she suggests Vince is, in fact, the taxi driver 6-7 in the 1979 hit from Driver 6-7. Remember that song? <laughs> Uh, can you remember that? 1979? Yeah. Philippa, you're probably far too young. I've, I it's, wish. It's a, good, it's a good record. Talking of Vince, I mean, either way, I think what can't be disputed is that Tony Turner, who plays Vince, is an excellent actor. I think he's very, very natural and nicely understated. And uh, as a character, he really is growing on us all, I, I feel. And then we had Iris, didn't we, Philippa? That was a, oh, she just pops up rattling door handles. And I mean, why? Where did she come from? Where did she come from? Just wandering around Lower Loxley. Uh, mm. I don't. I don't think we've heard the last from her either. I think she's going to be around for a bit. Is, is the feeling I get? Uh, as Catherine said, we all. Yeah, we all love to hate Ross, and and, and she's. You're not alone, uh, Catherine. This. Um, many of us feel very uncomfortable, don't we, with that whole relationship mm. with Lillian and how, and how he wasn't seemingly investigated. He just got the boot, um, but. It was actually Elizabeth's apparent tolerance and acceptance of it which surprised me the most. I really thought she would she would resist that and and, and persuade Lily not to go with this, but she, she mm. seems to sort of she's quite reasonable about it, wasn't she? I mean, at least Freddie made ghastly Russ squirm, didn't he? And still does. <laughs> um, yep. So she, uh, Catherine, quite rightly, I think, says it was a fantastic week in, in that it was different, wasn't it? It was it was a change from. <laughs> As she said, the misery about alcoholism, which has gone on for too long. But I'm afraid um, bad news, Catherine, on that front, because this Wednesday, uh, I'll be looking ahead to the trails, we're told that Alice faces her fears and Brian sinks to a new low. Mm. Oh, dear. Because Wednesday, of course, is respite day when she goes, hopefully, into rehab. Mm. Anyway, so, yeah, great call. Loads in there. And do call in again. Yes, Catherine, that was a great call. Thank you so much. I'm sorry, it does seem like Quentin is a bit of a stalker, so I do apologise uh, for that, but ne- but never mind. Now, <laughs> I've got to say something about this because there is something wrong with the men of Ambridge. We've got Russ, Vince, Lee, all being so sweet and nice. Russ, sickly sweet, you know, Lily, sweetheart, that's the last thing we need to do. Mm. And then Vince saying... Mm. Whatever you say, Elizabeth, I should say it in the accent. Whatever you say, Elizabeth, whatever you say. Uh, Right. They can't all be good. And okay, Russ probably has some commitment issues, which I'm sure we'll discuss more of. But I'm, I'm going to stick my neck out. I'm calling Vince. He's too good. He's too nice. I think he and his mum are on the long con. Mrs. Casey was asking Elizabeth, about Elizabeth and if she was up to date on her payments, if her checks bounced. I think Vince needs some money and he sees Elizabeth as the target. Ooh. I've been listening back to sort of September, October 2019, when he was trying to get in with Lillian to find out information about what Justin was planning to do with the building. And he was very skillful at trying to manipulate Lillian, sucking her up. Just being mm. everything that uh, you know a nice admirer would be, he can turn it on at the click of a switch, at the click of a light switch, and I think he he plans to move in eventually when she lets him marry her, and then try and push her off the roof. I do not think he is the man that we're presented with because, as well, when we had Philip Moss, mm. um, it was a surprise to all the characters in Ambridge. Um, 
who the real Philip Moss was. When we had Rob, we only had a few people that really knew what he was like. So I think Vince is going to be a different one where so many people know, but Elizabeth sort of digs her heels in and, and refuses to move. I, I, no, I, I'm calling it Vince is bad news. Right. Well, I didn't. I didn't know you had it in for Vince like this, Philip. Have we? Yes, I did. Quite a big Vince fan club. I didn't until this week. I mean, you're calling out Vince like Royfield called out Philip months in advance, mm. which he never stops crowing about. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was calling out Joy, wasn't I? So it'd be interesting to see which of these apparently benign characters turn out to be wrongans. But you, whether it's Joy, who I think there's a lot of backstory there we've yet to hear. <laughs> Rochelle does not exist, take my word for it, or whether Vince is a con man with his mum. Interesting. You can't have characters in The Archers, residents of Ambridge, that are all nice people. It just doesn't happen like that. They've got they've got some traits, and yet the Vince we're being presented with now is so different to that almost two years ago. Uh, it's a, um, he was horrible to David, wasn't he, two years ago? Yes. Over the barn. Yes, absolutely. Mm. We saw a flash, sorry, we saw a flash of it, didn't we, when he was very unwilling to give his manager Karen any extra time off and didn't want to listen to Liz's advice. And the minute he thought he could get something from Lillian, he was in there like a rat up a drain pipe, really trying, saying all the right things, um, getting a bit tipsy, trying to get the information out. He... He's a businessman, and there's more to this. It can't be that simple. We can't have Lee being, you know, Miss, Mr. Perfect. Well, he's not perfect, but, you know, he's Mr. Nice. Russ. Yes. Oh, let, we will talk about Russ later on. But no, Vince <laughs> is not, you know, laughing at the silly video of him, and it's too much. They need some dramatic fodder, so one of us is going to be right, Philippa. We shall wait to see. Yes. Well, enough from that. Thank you so much, Catherine, for that call. Now let's go to nimble-minded Nikki. Hi there. Um, this is Nikki calling from the Costa del Sol. Um, and I date back to um, when uh, Shula and journalist Simon were having what I suppose now is called um, Matt Hancock, Gina shuffle in the car outside the farm. Anyway, knowing nothing about Harry Potter, I decided to maybe look at Alice in Wonderland instead as characters in the Archers. I mean, obviously, we've got Alice as Alice who <laughs> drinks anything put in front of her. And then I thought maybe the Duchess, Jenny. <laughs> and the Cheshire Cat, obviously Brian, um, and the White Rabbit as Neil. Um, the March Hare, for very obvious reasons, Kate, and um, Emma as the Queen of Hearts, with Edward being the Knave of Hearts. Jazza, mm. I thought, um, would be the Caterpillar. Tweedledum and Tweedledee would be um, Rex and Toby. <laughs> and um, I thought uh, because of the mock turtle soup connection, I thought Pat. So um, anyway, uh, that is that is my thoughts on that. Incidentally, I do agree. I think that Joy is on a witness 
prevention program. I thought other people might mm, like yeah, yes. try to find other mm. characters in Alice that uh, may um, represent those in the archers. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of others. Oh, Nikki, thank you so much for your call. And yes, thank you for agreeing with me about Joy being in witness protection. There's something going on there. Anyway, yes, this this Harry Potter uh, analogy that I used last week has uh, has been used quite a bit. It's been some wonderful comments on the lovely Facebook group for Dum De Dum. And I really enjoyed your uh, Alice in Wonderland version, White Rabbit Neil, the Cheshire Cat Brian, and of course, Tweedledum and Tweedledee being Rex and Toby. I mean, Alice in Wonderland sometimes is quite a confusing story, I think. And uh, it was a rather like, some of the scenes we had this week, like the scene with Lily and Solomon that we had on Monday, she was absolutely fine, enjoying her time. But only when he said that he was moving jobs and he was going to be a manager and didn't she think he could manage a team. At that point, she sort of jumped up and started panicking. I don't understand how managing a team relates to Russ. It, that was that was quite strange. Yeah, I thought yeah, and I agree. The, Very strange exit. Yes. Yeah. And then the other strange thing I found is how quickly did Russ do her portrait? So Monday he gets the divorce papers. Thursday the portrait's done. Is it like some colour by numbers or, or something that he's got his felt tip pens out? And when Russ had to say to Lily, it's you. <laughs> Was it that bad that... <laughs> <laughs> Lily couldn't recognise from this squiggle with a bit of red thrown in as well. But Iris got it straight away, didn't she? <laughs> well, yes. But again, you see, that's why she's just manipulating she's people. Yes. She's charming him. Yeah. Yeah. Recently went to a uh, lovely exhibition in Kensington Gardens. It's, a, it's like an, it's an immersive Van Gogh exhibition where you stand in front of all these huge projectors and they essentially tell his life through his paintings. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really good um, with, with music. They've recreated his famous bedroom in Arles as well. You can sit in a chair. It's lovely. Um, mm. But before you go in, there's a, a Van Gogh that's been painted by a robot. They've uh, programmed this robotic arm to paint a Van Gogh, which it did in 49 hours. <gasps> and you get up really close and it's not that good. I mean, look from a distance, it's good, but you know, all the brushwork isn't there. So maybe Russ has got a robotic arm somewhere. <laughs> no, I <laughs> just think he got his felt tip um, pens out in his pencil case and suddenly... Colour by numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Nicola from the Costa del Sol, lucky old thing. She actually sent me a photo. It looks very nice indeed. Well, she's pretty much gone through every character, but I did have some thoughts about this. Alice, I mean, it can't be Aldridge Alice, of course, because she'd smash the looking glass, wouldn't she? Because she, she is... So smashed. So I reckon Martha in a few years' time will be Alice. I quite like that idea. Mm. The Cheshire Cat constantly grins and was able to disappear and reappear at will and leave its grin behind. Um, So I reckon this could apply to all those characters who disappeared and become silent. So, Mm. you know, the Ushers and Cathy's, Leonard's and Hannah's of this world. This could be Cheshire Cats. He's also a good listener, the Cheshire Cat. So, Harrison? He's been a good listener for Chris and Alice. Tweedledum and Tweedledee, or should that be Tweedledumpty-dum? Um, obvious twin candidates are Freddie and Lily, but they're not brothers, when I last checked anyway. So I thought maybe Will and Ed, possibly. possibly. Yes, that's um, true. Queen of Hearts was, according to my research, ruled over Wonderland and, and 
and is a tyrant. Mm. So I thought it's got to be Peggy Woolley. Oh, <laughs> Isn't she yeah. the Queen of Hearts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mad Hatter, I, I really struggle with this. Um, in fact, Nicola said in an email she sent me afterwards, to, uh, she, she said it would have been Nigel, but for his slide into oblivion. And I started looking into what the Mad Hatter was. And in fact, he was never called the Mad Hatter. It was actually called the Hatter, but they got called mad because hatters used mercury in the preparation of hats and were poisoned. So that's how the nickname ah, Mad Hatter there we came go. Out. There you go. Um, so I can't think of a Mad Hatter. Um, that's a, It stumped me, that one. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure we'll get some suggestions. But thank you very much, Nicola. Lovely call. Yes. And from one lovely call to another, to the upper, lower, east, west side, it's the wonderful Witherspoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, everyone in Dumpty Dum Towers and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Fifteen or maybe one or two more. That's my answer to the question that was parried between Philippa and Royville last week. Yes, that's a lot of boyfriends, but it was over a 20-year period from when I started dating until I met my husband-to-be. I can truly say with hand over heart, there have been zero since then. And that brings us to the last week in Ambridge. I agree with many. It was a great relief to have been free of the Aldridges and Carters for a bit and to be ensconced in the faded grandeur of Lower Loxley. Relationships were the topic of the week. First, Lily and Russ. I think that Lily's dalliance made it clear that she's just too young to settle down yet, Mm. especially with someone 20 or so years her senior, and is generally so dislikable. I made the mistake of expressing a bit of sympathy for Russ on Facebook earlier in the week, and the response from our members was swift and clear. Two thumbs down. (laughs) I don't think Lily's offer to get married was heartfelt, but when fueled by guilt, Despite Lily and Russ's utterances of love, I don't think their relationship is built for the long term. And at some time, Lily will be thinking, better call Saul. On the other hand, Elizabeth (laughs) and Vince's relationship seems to be maturing, like a lesser known fine Midlands wine. From the beginning, I've never been a big fan of Vince. Mm. I didn't like how he treated David, and he seemed to be a bit full of himself. But we saw a more human side of him this week as he dealt with his amusingly intrusive mother and was genuinely touched at Liz's expression of love. However, warning signals, we also saw bits of the cold businessman when dealing with his loyal employee that we saw early on with him. You've been warned and talk to you soon. Well, thanks as ever, Witherspoon, for another wonderful call. You've got lots of mutterings of agreement in the background from both me and Philippa to virtually everything mm. you were saying. I, it's been lovely being free from that alcohol storyline for at least a week. We all know it's coming back. But, um, yeah, uh, an Aldridge and Carter-free zone for a week, or be it very bizarre and bewildering as a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced by Lillian Russ at all. I, you know, she was motivated out of guilt because she's on the verge of telling him about Soul. Um, mm. So I, I think I, I think she's headed either into the arms of Rex or Soul. And I love that line, "Better Call Soul," because that, that's a. Have you ever seen that yes. series, Philippa? Brilliant series. I saw the first few episodes. Yeah, I thought I loved yeah, the analogy a, there. Very clever. Yeah, it, it's a spin-off from Breaking Bad. It's so so good. Mm. I hope they have another series of that. So um, yeah, she better call him or or, or Rex. I reckon. Uh, 
he's more convinced by Vince and Lizzie. You're not at all. I know, Philippa. Mm. Um, and he picked up on that ruthlessness with Karen. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be open-minded about this, Philippa. I think there are grounds for your theory. I think there are. I hope I'm mm. proved wrong. But, um, yeah, uh, with, with a spoon clearly enjoying a week away from the uh, from the treadmill of of Alice. <laughs> yes, well, uh okay, first of all, I was too hard on Shula last week and about her number of boyfriends. Sorry Shula, sorry everyone. My mother was appalled with me, so apologies for that. Um <laughs> Vince, as a result, then isn't it? Well done, <laughs> Vince. Well, I know when to say sorry. More about that later. Um, Vince, mm-hmm. I've already said, but Lizzie didn't impress me this week either. She said to Freddie these words: "You say that like it's a prison sentence." With Freddie having gone to prison, and then to Freddie and Vince, she said Nigel was an accomplished horseman, unlike Vince. I mean. She's not been very nice, I don't think. Ouch. And when Freddie said, uh, why don't you move rooms? Lizzie said, to where? (laughs) I'm sorry, Lizzie, you're living in a place where there are approximately 10,000 bedrooms. I think there might be others to choose from. So, yes, I wasn't impressed with with Lizzie either. But I don't know. This Lillian Russ, uh, I'm going to call something else now as well. Probably wrong, probably wrong about everything, but I'm getting carried away. Is Lily pregnant? Oh, my word. Mm. Not with Russ, with her one night of passion. I was going to say, from Russ? From somebody else? From Sol. From Sol? Mm. God, you, you're throwing a lot in this week. I know, Philip. I know. That's, that's I've not had a coffee yet, so clearly that's something to do with oh, it. Make sure, make sure it's decaf, for goodness sake. <laughs> yes, I just wonder. The, the, the pieces are being set up for us in a particular way. Now, either we're going to be glad that Russ doesn't stay with her because she, we've seen that she can meet somebody that makes her laugh. Uh, and has good conversation mm. and all, and all of that. And if Russ has been in a and has foul, dimples, yes. And if Russ has been in a foul mood for this whole time, sort of, I don't know, well over a year, a couple of years, that's a long time to be dealing with someone who's in a bad mood. Now, if someone's going through something really difficult, you know, if, if a depression, something like that, that's one thing. But I don't know. She's she's been very patient with him, and we haven't heard ab- about that issue before even though we've heard russ talking so i that scene between them was oh gosh i just wanted to throw the radio out the window you know when Mm. he um when she offered marriage and he patronized and he said oh no you little thing don't worry about it that's that's so sweet of you but no Mm. um thank goodness in a way those are the warning signs aren't they um because i thought he was going to propose i really did i mean i was desperately Mm. relieved he didn't and I thought she would cave and say, oh, yes, okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's uh, – he, he revealed another horrible slimy layer to his sliminess. So the sooner she's out of that, the better. So uh, part of me wants her to be pregnant by Sol, and, and she's forced to leave him. But um, I don't think Sol's quite ready for that, are you? Is he? Because, you know, he's applying for a new job, for goodness sake. Yes, so. hopefully not. Hopefully they were sensible. And that's not an issue, but it certainly would uh, change the story somewhat. But um, I get the feeling they weren't sensible. I think it was a bit spontaneous. Yes, but we've had enough of those stories, you know, with Pip as well. And uh, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I I could have dug myself into a hole there. But anyway, let let's let something happen that she doesn't have to stay with us. But I love to hear his voice because he's so awful. I I love him as a character. But if I was stuck in a lift with him, I would have to beat him about the head with a newspaper. Yes, but his constant sort of panting and sighing is very <laughs> yes. odd, isn't it? <laughs> but you've got everything to have characters is panted. Like that. Everything is panted out, and everything <laughs> is a drama. <laughs> just you're just making a cup of tea, Russell, whatever, or moving a paint. I don't know anything about the actor. Do you think he had to go into the bathroom before they record the archers and just practice his voice like that, or does that is that him? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he has to become constipated to do him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, with the spoon. It's a, very, it's a very strange way of talking to people. Very strange. <laughs> yeah. It gives as I always say, it gives me the chance to uh to flood Twitter with my picture of that <laughs> slimy slug I photographed a few years ago. So I just want him around for that, really. It could have been that the first day he was there to record, they said to him, right, you do realise you need a different voice so people recognise you straight away because we've had this problem where people get confused with who's speaking. So you've got to do something different. And he has delivered for that. We certainly know when it's Russ. Yeah, there's quite a strong hint of Adam in there as well, isn't there? I think. Yes, I know what you mean, but it's just... Sulky, huffy, puffy... Yes, it, it's so self-indulged, but yes, never mind. Anyway, Witherspoon, that wonderful call. Thank you so much. And now we go on to another very interesting call. This is Honourable Helen. Hello, my name is Big Sister Helen from London, and I'm a first-time caller in Aurora. The first character I really enjoyed listening to was Marjorie Antrobus, though I'd been listening from my mother's womb, as had my little brother Richard, who lives in Krakow, Poland. I hope these details will satisfy you, I felt. The catalyst for this call is to is to defend my brother and call out Royfield, who had failed to read Richard's email about our mashup of the Archer's theme tune, mm. the Swanee Whistle and the Kazoo, and had therefore failed to mention my name. I hadn't been at all bothered by not being credited, but Richard has a seen sense of justice, for which I, of course, take credit. So he had contacted you to set the record straight. Mm-hmm. What I really want to do is to give you a word of advice, Royfield if you've made a mistake, then admit it, apologise and move on. Yes. But please don't deflect the blame onto someone else. Make a number of unconvincing excuses and generally use denial as a strategy. It just makes you look even worse and possibly like some of the less engaging characters in The Archers. (laughs) I'll do a shula now and suggest you don't respond to my observations right now, but you reflect on both what I've said and on how you handled your error. And then maybe wonder if you owe someone an apology. Mm. Be that as it may, the podcast is about the archers rather than about how to manage wrongful accusations, unevidenced-based conjectures about sibling relationships, and lack of contrition and insight about poor judgment. So here's my prediction for the next few days, weeks, months, years and decades. They're all doomed. Many thanks to all of you. Bye. Helen, that is such a great call. Thank you so much for calling in and delivering that. Um, yes, Royfield needs to apologise. As I said last week, I thought he had jumped to conclusions. I thought he hadn't read the email. And this would seem to imply that that was very much the case, despite what he said. And uh, I love your plot prediction as well. They're all they're all doomed. I did 
contact Roy Phil because he's not on this week. He'll be on next week and gave him the chance to record a message apologizing profusely and explaining his actions. And his response was, it's all a lovely big joke which I don't think it is. I think this is very serious. So, Royfield, read your emails. Is there anything else we need to roast Royfield about next week? Let me know. <laughs> Please email me and or contact me on Twitter and uh, and tell me because we, we need to continue the roasting, I think. So thank you for your call. Quentin, were you disappointed with Royfield? Well, I'm just thinking we could have a new feature, couldn't we? Roasting Royfield. I think that could be a weekly. <laughs> Please. Little, little, little <laughs> weekly number. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew recording a dumpty dum with a swanny whistle and a kazoo could cause so much controversy. I'm, I mean, be, frankly, beggars belief. I mean, they're such humble, humble instruments, which normally you think <laughs> don't cause any any consternation. But clearly, this this family is riven with resentment about Royfield. So I, I'm I'm deeply worried for them. No, um, no, no, they're not. Riv- uh, when, Let me no, jump in. They're not riven okay. with resentment. They are just stating the fact because, it, you know, I made it very clear last week that I thought that some apology needed to be made. And that's all. As we teach our children, you just say sorry and then you move on. And Royfield refused. You well, he's, stu- he's stubborn, isn't he? He's stubborn. <laughs> um, no, I, I was saying riven with resentment with a tongue in firmly in my cheek there. Oh. Um, I have a huge bump there, I promise. Because when I first heard this call, I thought, she's really upset. Uh, having heard it now a second time, I think she's being extremely dry it's and dry. very clever. And very funny with it. And um, so I have chuckled throughout that call. And I think that um, I was trying to work out what Helen's profession is likely to be. I think she's probably an outstanding lawyer the way she, the way yeah, she completely... Yeah, I thought barrister. <laughs> Mm. or judge yeah the way she completely uh picked apart royfield's defense so yeah nice one helen and i think we are hearing from your brother later on aren't we <laughs> yes Philippa? we are this goes on and on it's glorious fantastic yes but We're um, doomed <laughs> helen please call again because uh your your calls are a gold dust to me so please please do call again so anyway that was helen thank you very much and now we go on to glorious glenn hello dumpty dum it's glenn here location this week in front of my computer screen and that's going to be my location for most of the next week as i've been pinged by the nhs app at least i should have a an episode of dumpty dum to keep me company (laughs) at some point um On the Archers, well, this was Love Actually week, and to be honest, I've not got a lot to say about that. I think it was one of those um, seasonal, summer seasonal distractions that we get get in the Archers from time to time. Um, Vince's mother made an appearance, and coupled with Quentin's comment a couple of weeks ago about whether Neil was getting dementia, uh, did strike me that um, or remind me again that elderly uh, characters in the Archers are in remarkably good health. And apart from the really rather half-hearted storyline around uh, Ruth's mother, where um, where she sort of declined rather rapidly, but we didn't really hear very much from her or, from, or, or very much in the way of the problems that Ruth uh, had with that situation, to be honest. We've never had a 
storyline dealing with how um you know uh, children have to cope with the decline of their parents which must be very common a very common thing for mm. much of the archers uh, archers demographic i mean i know we had the jack storyline about 10 years ago but that was done from a somewhat different angle so i think it's about time the archers got on and and, and tackled this, this this issue anyway that's enough from me um thank you for the podcast especially this week while i'm isolating and to everyone else stay safe and thank you very much Thank you, Glenn, as ever. And uh, sorry to hear that you're in self-isolation, mm. but you're in a nice part of the world to be to be self-isolating in the Matlock area. Hope you've got a nice view out of your window. And I hope this edition of Dumpty Dum makes you feel better, Glenn, and not worse. <laughs> <laughs> There's always that risk, isn't there, Philip? Um, his substantive point, isn't it, that we've never had a, uh, a storyline where children are looking after their ailing parents. I was, during the corner, I was racking my brains. I I was thinking I was going to mention the Jack storyline, but he's right. That's a spouse, Peggy, looking after him with some help. As we all know, a growing theme within society. So, Glenn, I think you've given the the producers and editor and scriptwriters an idea for the future, and I think they'll probably pocket put it in their back pocket for later. But so, uh, yes, good one. Mm, yeah, I'm sorry you got to isolate as well and hope you stay safe and healthy. Love Actually Week. Yeah, I thought it was more actually than love, but n- never mind. And with this issue about ageing parents, you're right, the Ambridge solution seems to be just to cart them off to the laurels, which actually sounds quite nice at the laurels, apart from Lee making you do chair aerobics all the time. But uh, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see them change that that sort of story. Um, and Russ, uh, no love for anyone except himself. And how he crowed, I'm a single man. Uh, no, actually, you're not a single man. You're in a long-term relationship, or you, you have been up to now with poor Lily. Um, I don't know. Is Russ going to say that he wants to go back and teach? And it will be interesting to see Lily's response. He's not been near anyone under the age of 60 for some time. So, Would, would, would he be allowed to? Well, let's hope not. But in Ambridge land... You, as, yeah, as I pointed out earlier, he wasn't investigated, was he? He was just sacked. But presumably that's obvious. The reasons for the sacking must be on his record. Yes, exactly. So I don't know. I just think the rules of the land don't seem to quite apply in Ambridge, um, you know, like COVID, for example. So who knows? They uh, may may have to use it as a plot device. I know Catherine did did mention that earlier on, as you as you say, Quentin. But I would just like to see Lily's response when Russ is is, is doing something different and, and maybe seeing younger girls. That's what my next point was be. Yeah, how, when will he start getting bored with Lily? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's not going yes. to be pretty. Well, we all like soul, though, don't we? We'd like some more soul. He seemed a nice lad, he I did. thought. He sounded nice quite like Calvin. I didn't know if Calvin was trying to get back oh, into Calvin. Ambridge, but um, he did sound quite... I, I hope it's the same actor. Yeah. I yes. hope it's the, actually, I don't think it was. I, somebody spotted that the actor who plays Rex also played soul. Really? So, so I think that actor was doubling up as soul. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Is is that actual fact? Fact or it was on Twitter, wondering? so it's got to be right, hasn't it? So it's bound to be true. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It came from a reliable source. Sure. I seem to remember the tweet. Okay. The tweet was from a 
pretty solid source who know who know their stuff. Is that because they can only have six people in possibly at, at any time, so they're all having to use different voices? Possibly. <laughs> well, yeah. we know who played Vince's mum, but I was just wondering if it was played by Peggy as well. <laughs> Or Hilda. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm I'm off at a tangent, and it's not a good tangent. You, you, I think you need that coffee, don't you? <laughs> yes, I think I do. <laughs> so, on to Super Sue and Jubilant Jesse, the guide dog. Hi, it's Sue Hanrahan here, second time caller in and from Manchester with Jesse, the guide dog, Golden Retriever. Um, I was a bit concerned last week. I thought that you were going to come to blows during the programme. Mm. Uh, I do trust that uh, you sorted out your differences. Mm. Um, with regard to the episodes, I think we need some more episodes on because I couldn't believe that most of last week um, stemmed around uh, Lower Loxley. Mm. Uh, Ross, well, I don't know what he thinks he wants because uh, I think that possibly uh, Lily will... Um, turn away from him now because she wants him to marry her and he doesn't want that. I don't know what he wants. Um, and as for the other two, well, Elizabeth doesn't really want to. She's already admitted she doesn't want to live with um, with, with a partner anyway. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen with those two. So I don't know. Let's hope uh, things move on a bit next week and we learn a bit more. Um, I think that Ross and... Uh, um, Lily are going to come to a sticky end anyway. Anyway, bye for now. Sue, thank you so much for your call. That That's wonderful. I'm really sorry you thought we were coming to blows. We we are a bit like squabbling siblings, I'm afraid, that uh, we always fall out when we're talking. But if either of one of us needed the other one, they'd be, they'd be there in a shot. So, so sorry for that. I do try not to get wound up. Um, but Royfield does like to wind me up a lot. So maybe we need to have a poll on the Facebook group as to whether this is um, palatable or not, because I think it's probably a bit a bit too much. It does go on a little bit, Philippa, yes, honestly. Yes. yes, I do try my best not to, but... Um, he winds you up, doesn't he? He presses your buttons he, and off yes. he goes. He does, I'm afraid. So I do, I do apologise for that. But uh, yes, you've got some really good points there. We wish there were more episodes. It would have just diluted the whole Lower Loxley experience for us. And Russ, dreadful man. Liddy needs to have some fun. Vince, nope, we don't trust him. And Lizzie, what is going on? Has, has everyone inhaled too much antibat gel in Ambridge? Something's going on this week. <laughs> um. I want to read out a tweet that summed up the week brilliantly, I thought. And this isn't tweet of the week, but um, it caught my eye anyway, because I I just thought, you know, this person has really got this week summed up. And it's from uh, Jen D. Oh, God, what now? And her handle is at Asteroid Chick. And she tweeted, just caught up. Don't know where to start. Who let Iris into Lower Loxley? Why isn't... Why wasn't Lizzie angry about her invading her bridal suite and bedroom? How could Iris wander around unchallenged? Why did Fred and Rex speak freely about Lily to her? Why did Russ open his heart to her? Mm. I think she could have gone on. Anyway, she stopped there. But to me, it summed up the bewilderment of the week. And it was all Lower Loxley, wasn't it? And I think it was, mm. I think the, the script writers are, are sort of essentially softening us up for another mega week of Alice next week. And so they decided. Yes. Yeah. With Alice going to rehab, they would give us sort of some rehab and respite by giving us a week entirely away from all that. But I think went over the uh, over the top and left us all a bit bemused. I mean, there were great moments. I mean, I, I enjoyed several 
scenes, but overall, I was a bit left, a bit flummoxed by the whole thing, and many people were. And also, there's a resentment about the characters creeping in, like, oh, she's Iris, where's she come from? Mm. She's played by a very good uh, actor called uh, Sue James. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Who's the the wife of James Bolin, in fact, and she was in New Tricks for quite a while. She's very good, and I think you don't bring in an actor like that unless you're going to use him for a bit. So mm. I think we must hear more from Iris, and I thought she was good actually. Um, she so she, yeah, I mean Sue wants her episodes back. Everybody does. I think we'll get five, you know, the fifth back quite soon. Whether we get the sixth. I, I really, I really don't know. And she picked up on on Lizzie saying she doesn't want to live with Vince, which I thought was interesting, wasn't it? That straight off they said, "Oh, we love it. You. you know, I love you, and I'm not living with you." <laughs> that was that going to work? Yeah, does she really love him? Maybe did she just think? She, well, I'm going to have to say it now because he keeps throwing that word in. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, well, I love you, but we're not living yeah. together. So. And let's never mention this ever again. We're not referring to it. I love you so much that I can't live with you. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. After a week of living with you, I never want to ever again. Yeah. And I've seen you in that towel. And that's it. Yeah, so I'm off. 
<laughs> oh dear. No, that was a that was a, a wonderful wonderful call, Sue. So thank you very much. Um, and now we come on to remarkable Richard. Good morning, everyone. Richard in Krakow, Poland here. When I called in, and I'm a businessman, when I called in last time, I didn't give my proper background and start date. I remember the arches from the 1970s when I was a boy in Oxford. I remember dis- being disappointed as I dimly began to understand that there were no arches, as in medieval soldiers, involved and somewhat lost interest for about the next 45 years. The um, Swanee Whistle Kazoo issue, I, whether or not, I gave enough information to make it clear it wasn't just me. My sister was not only involved, but the key instigator of the of that bit of music. Well, all I can say is I think we ought to draw a line under it. It would be wonderful if you could play some of Humphrey Little's and at the end of one of your shows, just in recognition that I was right and Rovio was wrong, but I don't really care. Don't really care. <laughs> uh, two issues to do with the plot. Oh, three even. One is that I wonder if Russ's lack of interest in marriage and his celebration of the dissolvement, the dissolution of his first one, uh, suggests some kind of issue with commitment that might be an issue for Billy later. I wonder what happens to characters who don't appear for weeks and weeks and weeks. I somewhat fancifully wondered if Dave and Ruth had been abducted and no one had noticed. And I thought that was a bit of an issue. And my final kind of bugbear as an immigrant myself is the total lack of immigrants in Ambridge with positive role models. Um, I wonder if the scriptwriters could so, do, do something about that. Um, sorry, that's my okay, okay. meeting starting, so I'm going to have to stop. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, thank you so much for that call. Um, yes, I will ask Royfield to play the music uh, next week as a way of an apology. Yes, we need that apology one way or another, but then we will firmly put it behind us and, and move on. Um, yeah, I agree about the lack of positive role models that, that are needed for immigrants. We Come on, script writers, hear this and, and take some action. And missing characters, yes, David and Ruth, we've not heard from them from for so long. Normally, we hear from each of the farms very regularly. And I wonder, as the restrictions ease and um, more people can come together, if they will have more people in the studio and, and record those. They have said, actually, following on from your comment just earlier, Quentin, that the um, it will be in summer, late summer, when the five episodes a week come oh. on. So, well, we haven't got that. We've only got a few more months of summer. So we'll, we'll see. I suppose it depends what you define as summer but anyway we'll, we'll forget that it's going to be soon where we get at least get five a week but then will we have the friday one where we have the you know the big build-up and the big cliffhanger at the end or will it be the sunday one which is jill making her flapjacks leonard doing his painting um and just all the sort of nice but but no movement of script happening I, I don't know. What, what do you think, Quentin? I think because we get the omnibus on Sunday, they'll probably give us the Friday one back first. So there's a cliffhanger. Ooh, good, good. So I, I think that's my guess. So at least you get you know six days of archers that way, don't you? Um, that means more work for us, of course, Philippa. We've got to listen to more episodes. 
Have you thought about that? <laughs> That's fine by me. <laughs> That's fine by me. <laughs> more the merrier. My wife will tear her hair out even more as I spend even longer <laughs> listening to the arches. <laughs> so that um, is true, yeah. Yes. Richard, yeah, you're drawing a line under this swanny whistle kazoo um, uh, scandal. I'm delighted you are because I think we, we, we've got to park this for everyone's for everyone's sake. So I'm <laughs> delighted to hear that. Um, so he started listening back in the 70s as, as a boy in Oxford. I was in Oxford actually the other day. Um, nice place to to be brought up in. Yeah, I, I think you're right that his, his response to Lily's offer of marriage, that's patronising, condescending dis, dismissal, spoke volumes. I mentioned this earlier and I think uh, – yeah, he's got an aversion to everything and everybody apart from himself, hasn't he? And commitments mm-hmm. in there as well. So, um, you know, marriage is, is is a long way off, thank goodness, because we don't want Lily to marry him. Ruth and David abducted. That's interesting theory. Uh, the uh, uh, um, Tim Benting, who plays David, uh, tweeted uh, the other day that in fact uh, uh, his his son has just got married in a lovely simple ceremony on a beach oh. in Scotland. So I suspect. <laughs> That's where David is at the moment. He's got uh, other things in his life. Glyn earlier was saying there's never been a storyline about children looking after their ailing parents, and you've picked up on a lack of uh, immigrants in uh, in Ambridge. The only recent one I can think of is Lexi, isn't it? She came over and mm-hmm. had quite a big storyline, uh, but she's gone back, hasn't she? And yes, we'd all we like need her, her back. We'd all like it back to cheer up, Roy. Yeah, we do. So thank you very much for that call. Wonderful. And now we go to Joyful Jeff. Hello, this is Jeff here. Very infrequent caller in error. This is only my second or third time. Uh, But I really couldn't resist after listening to the programme this week. I always listened to the Omnibus and tuned in this week as normal to find out what was happening in Ambridge. Instead... The BBC seemed to have replaced it with an adaptation of some long-lost Jane Austen novel. Lots of well-to-do people in a country estate, having problems with their love life, falling out, few light-hearted misunderstandings. By the end, everything was back to normal, they were all happy, it had been sorted out, and they were all going to live happily ever after. There was one odd character... Um, seemed to be some sort of angel who'd stepped out of It's a Wonderful Life or A Christmas Carol. A woman with a Birmingham accent who turned up, pushed everybody in the right direction, gave some advice and then disappeared as mysteriously as she arrived. Uh, Apart from that, uh, very odd and I hope we get back to the archers as normal next week. Jeff's not happy, is he, Philippa? He's not happy. He's not a happy man. Um, that, he's right. There was something sort of Jane Austen-y, wasn't there, about about the the, the, the last week in, in Ambridge? Yeah. Um, it was all very neatly tied up, wasn't it? Um, mm. And life ain't like that. So I think Jeff's onto onto a, a a good theme there. But again, it's four episodes concentrates all that. And if they were looking to tidy all that up before they hit us with more Alice next week, that probably might be <laughs> what was behind their thinking. But it it didn't sit right, and uh, it was all too happily living happily ever after, as, as Jeff said. But well, will they? We've yet to see. Um, he's concerned about Iris. There's been a lot of concern about Iris. Uh, <laughs> but you think she's a con woman anyway, don't you, Philippa? So. 
I could be wrong. Yes, who knows? Um, but it's not the normal archers, so I couldn't agree more, Jeff. Sorry, I've just had a drink. <laughs> just nearly choked on it. But my voice will come back to normal soon. Don't worry. Um, it feels like it's Bridgerton crossed with Pride and Prejudice. It just seems quite strange. And like Glyn said, maybe it's just a, a summer special, but I never thought I would miss hearing Adam and Alice. So I will appreciate them much more from now on. I I really do. Uh, it just needed so, needed sold sort of just emerging from a lake, didn't he? Does didn't it with his with his, with his wet white shirt <laughs> clamped to his muscular chest with his dimples glinting in the moonlight? That's that's all it needed really, and for Lily to swoon and fall into his arms. I think I need to swoon after that description, but never mind. <laughs> So, <laughs> Jeff, thank you very much for your call. And thank you, everyone. We value them so much. They, they are what make this podcast. So please keep them coming. Please do, yeah. um, and yes, we have an email. Oh, my word. Let me read it to you, Quentin. Are you ready, ready. for this? Ready. <laughs> um, this is uh, from, again, Anon of Ambridge. Dear Rosie, Philippa and Quentin, I hope you can help me this week as I'm concerned that people are falling in and out of love too quickly and I can't keep up with the changes. Who is loyal in this place and who do I trust from this week? Please help me. I'm feeling overwhelmed with uncertainty. Thanks, Anon. Well, I'm very sorry that you're feeling this way, Anon of Ambridge. Mm. Overwhelmed with uncertainty. It's a terrible affliction. I think that's what comes from years of listening to this wretched program. So that's, I'm afraid we, we can't cure you of that. But I think I can allay some of your fears, Anon of Ambridge. Who do we trust? Big question. Big question. Um, obviously not that sleazebag Russ, even though there's a, a lot of trust in trust, isn't there? <laughs> can we trust Iris? What's she up to? We've already heard a lot of speculation outrageous slander suggested by Philippa that she and Vince are trying to scam our Lizzie out of Lower Loxley. I was minded to say I don't buy it, but having listened to Philippa's quite convincing argument, I now have an open mind to mm. this. So anyway, I wouldn't trust Vince, Vince and Iris and all the shenanigans down in Lower Loxley. But um, I, I, I clearly, I mean, for pure unadulterated trust and loyalty, a non of Ambridge, you can't go wrong with the 24 carrots who are uh, Jim, Jazza, Alistair, Nigel and Oliver. Wouldn't you agree, Philippa? I would, yes. Don't feel overwhelmed, Anon of Ambridge. If 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 you need support, get professional help. If you need pals, there's the <laughs> Dumpty Dum Facebook group, funnily enough. Uh, but who can you trust this week? I think the only character you could trust who we heard from this week uh, is Cranford Crystal, the horse. Because I think as it as it sensed Vince lowering himself on, he widened up his spine and made things as uncomfortable as possible, as horses can do. So, yeah, if the one to trust is Cranford Crystal and on. But please keep emailing us with your questions. So, in other words, the only characters you can trust in the arches are the silent ones, right? <laughs> just this week he asked which characters to trust this week so I was just yes. I went through the list of characters that we'd heard from this week and uh, well I suppose Solomon seem, seems trustworthy actually but... yes we, we, we like Solomon didn't we we did yes but again we've we've learned our lesson from jumping to conclusions so yeah Cranford Crystal is is the one I'd go for but uh, there we are wonderful and now let's sit back for some socials with our sensational Stephen 
Hi, this is Stephen, bringing you your social media roundup at the end of a peaceful staycation at Lower Loxley. We started the week in bed with Lily Pargeter and somebody called Sol. Caroline Green captured the Dumpty Dum reaction to this best. Um, did I miss something? Who's Solomon? Apart from clearly an infinitely more appealing option than Russ, I mean. Luckily, John McGee had an explanation. There was a works party that Lily went to and she hooked up with Solomon there. It all happened in Sunday's episode. Unfortunately, it was one of those Sunday episodes we don't get to hear yet. Once we had got over the surprise, Dumpty Dummers offered their opinions. Karen Matthews said, anyone at all would be better than Russ. Well, maybe not Rob, Philip, but Lily so needs to move on and jettison the appalling self-serving leech that is Russ. And Julian Holmes added, meanwhile, she has every right to have other adventures and encounters at the same time, although I suspect the dinosaur Russ wouldn't agree in spite of his own history. And John Beasley asked, Solomon, wasn't he the one Linda invoked last week when she tried to mediate between Eddie and Rex over car wars? If so, this Solomon must be quite a guy. I see what you did there, John. On Wednesday, we had a surprise visitor, Vince's mother, Iris. She certainly divided opinion among Dumpty Dummers. Claire de Mortimer thought she was utterly unbelievable. Brian Holding thought she was great. I want to hear more of her. Took me by surprise as I never like new characters. But Phil Parks and Alexa Bose both thought she was bad news. Fiona Crawford said, no boundaries equals not good. She wants the best for her son, but she needs to take a step back now. So what was Iris doing at Lower Loxley? Darcy Jorgensen cut straight to the chase. What will happen when, she asked, Vince and his mum find out the house is entailed? Laura Jackson had a theory. I've heard it suggested that Vince is short of money, cancelled vacations, stayed in for dinner, and after Lizzie's. And now Vince's mum wants to make sure Lizzie isn't after Vince's money to maintain the crumbling pile. Caroline Wright was less concerned. I honestly don't think they're bothered about the money. I think they're curious about the whole stately home business. But I don't think he's a social climber, and his mum just wants the best for him. Margaret Yu steered a middle course. Iris may be wary of Elizabeth and think that Vince's money could be sunk into Lower Loxley. However, it was Vince who made a beeline to Elizabeth after he found out her connection with the stately home. Elizabeth Llewellyn sort of agreed, but added, it's this action that makes me suspicious of Vince. We ended the week at the drive-in. Lower Loxley was showing love, actually, and Elizabeth and Vince expressed their love for each other while watching it and nibbling on mint-flavoured popcorn. Meanwhile, over in the art gallery, Lily and Russ also said they loved each other. It was all very Richard Curtis rom-com. In a poll, 86 Dumpty Dummers approved of Vince and Lizzie, while only four of you felt the same about Lily and Russ. Fiona Crawford was one of the latter. It seemed rather icky at the start, but Russ and Lily do seem to love each other, so I hope they keep their renewed happiness. Among those supporting Vince and Lizzie, Dee Goggins said of Vince, I think he may be perfect for Liz. Not Nigel, but different enough. Anna Fry said, I like the Vince and Elizabeth pairing, partly because I'd like to see Vince as a permanent character on The Archers. But many of you didn't like the idea of either pairing. Jan Mitchell said, don't like Russ, but the painting softened me slightly. Don't trust Vince.
And Julie Wiggs said, I know Vince has had a character transformation, but I still find him difficult to like. As for Lily, I think she feels trapped in a relationship with Russ because she thinks he's left his wife for her. And he is so well ensconced at Lower Loxley that she likely feels that she'd be taking away everything that he has if she were to split with him. At least he rejected her proposal. But I'm going to finish with Sandra Jenkinson's reaction to the week as a whole. There's a bottle in the fridge. I'm going to open it. Cheers. Now I'll hand you back to the studio. Oh, I love that. Back to the studio. That was great. Thank you, Stephen. And everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dum Dum Facebook page. We love the community there. And now it's time to crown our tweeters of the week. Quentin, over to you. Funny enough, has quite a lot to do with Russ this week. I don't understand why. <laughs> um, he seems to feature quite a lot. Um, and I'm just looking through them now just to make sure I've got... <clears throat> All my ducks in the, in the, in the right order. Um, yeah. So we, we as ever, I, I, I am charged with this enormous respons- responsibility of trawling through the thousands of tweets that pour out every week about the archers and picking out three gems. And I've gone for these three. So on the bronze plinth, yes, we have uh, Steve Brooks and his Twitter handle is at Steve Brooks TA. And he posted, the archers, Russ is painting again. I suspect he's about to enter his blue period. <laughs> Which I thought was very good. Mm, very. Nice one, Steve. <laughs> so y- y- your blue tweet earns you a bronze medal, Steve. Uh, in silver position, and uh, one of my favourite tweeters. She's often queen of the bagel, you know, the most prolific tweeters, but um, yeah. she often comes up with the goods. And it is Miranda at Apple Android app. And she simply says this. Nobody wants to know how long you've been blocked, Russ. Nobody. <laughs> Very good. It was a ghastly image, that wasn't it? <laughs> Truly awful image. Um, so well done, Miranda. You have got yourself a silver gong around your neck, but in gold position. And uh, she's well known on the tweet along as well. And it's our lovely Jane Bramley and her handle is at jane bramley and she declares russ is old news there are five temperature kettles now i have one (laughs) so there you go (laughs) three temperature kettles are out russ is old news we knew that anyway she was challenged on twitter say come on jane possible prove it and she did she posted a picture of her five temperature kettle which has five different colors to tell you which temperature i mean by the time you've it's like a microwave you can't understand i mean by the time you've worked out the temperature you don't want your cup of tea do you but jane wins because she has she has out poncified russ <laughs> with her five temperature kettle so congratulations to the three of you jane miranda and steve to keep this podcast on the air requires some funding to cover essential costs so if you'd like to support dum dum you can join the dum dum patreon community for two dollars per show make your way to the dum dum.com website click donate at the top and follow the links to patreon or you can find dum dum on patreon directly and also what really boosts the podcast profile is if you can write as a, a review on apple itunes preferably a glowing one please how could it not be, Philippa? How could it not be? It'll glow. You can see it in the night sky, the reviews, I tell you. 
Um, just to remind you that, as we keep saying, you know, the lifeblood of this podcast are your calls, your emails. So please keep them coming in. So to remember to get in contact, you can send us a, a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website. That's at Dumpty Dum or leave a WhatsApp voice note or text to, here's the number again, 07957-167696. That's 07957-167696, which is, uh, requires a plus four four if you are living outside the UK and quite a few of our wonderful listeners do. I've obviously just uh, named our three tweeters of the week because uh, Twitter is very important to uh, Dumpty Dum and all that uh, goes on here. And we have a, a wonderful at Dumpty Dum team who are doing a great job. But if you do tweet about the Archers, always please use the hashtag the Archers, but with a capital T and a capital A, because then it means the visually impaired can read all your wonderful tweets. We're all on Twitter as well, shamelessly prostituting ourselves for every like and retweet we can lay our grubby hands on. Well, speak, speak for yourself, Quentin, not for me. Anyway, Quentin, where can people find you? Well, I'm a complete Twitter tart, so that's why yes. I was suggesting that. This is correct. I'm, 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 I'm such a Twitter whore that I have two accounts. Um, one is at Quentin Rayner, but actually all my Archer's pontifications now are, are on a... Another account which has been open for a while. It's called at thirteen minute man, one three minute man. So there you'll find my my Twitter rantings there. And how about you? Uh, well, I can be found at Quick Book Reviews, but instead of a W, it's a three. Just look for the orange picture of me reading a book. And before we go, of course, as ever, we must uh, thank our social media supremos. Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her wonderful voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and of course, Lucy V. Freeman. And once more, I'd like to thank everyone who contributed today. So Sue Yin for the Dum De Dum, uh, Catherine, Nikki, Witherspoon, Helen, Glynn, Sue, Richard and Jeff for their calls. And of course, Anon of Ambridge for their email. Rosie, we do hope that you feel better very soon and look forward to talking to you next time. So it comes to the time where we look at next week. Will it be less love actually and more Jurassic Park? Will Alice go happily to rehab, making the process simple and easy? Hmm. No, no, no. Will Adam and Brian tell their other halves that their working relationship is doomed? And will Joy turn the fate committee into a battleground where no one makes it out alive? (laughs) All will be revealed. So, there we go. Another episode done and dusted. We leave you with the wonderful uh, music from the Academic Archers on Zoom. And uh, all I need to say now is it's a bye-bye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Dum de dum de dum de dum de dum de dum dum de dum dum de dum 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 dum